0: Thank you, John. Amazing to see you today in Sydney after after a while. Uh, so thanks for making the trip and uh, welcome to our Knowledge Series. Uh, I've been running this for a few months now and it's a mechanism to bring knowledge to our audience, right? And you're a dear friend and, and, a, and a great customer of Stickman and congratulations on your new role as CISO for Weiler Group. So, so, yeah, it's been an interesting and an exciting two-year journey working with you. Uh, you know, I know we've gone through <laughs> lots of ups and downs in terms of at the group level, you know, educating and bringing things to fruition in terms of cyber. And now with your title at the group level as CISO has demonstrated to, to the group, you know, what the importance of cyber. So with this, I would like you to do a quick introduction about yourself, a little bit about the Vela Group and uh, and a bit of insight for our audience on who the company is, what you do, and then we'll jump into the nitty gritties of, <laughs> of cyber. So thank,
1: thank you. Yeah, Thank you, Ajay, thanks for having me today. It's always a pleasure to be able to come down and visit you in Sydney. Um, I guess um, for me, uh, my name's Jonathan Bunch and I am in, in a dual role now, as you know. So um, I work for a I work in a division of a public company called Constellation Software. A public company on the Toronto Stock Exchange. CSU is the ticker in case you want to look us up. And um, we have uh, divisions within CSI and one of the divisions is called Vela. Um, They're headquartered in Toronto and um, the company that I work for is called Vela Asia Pacific. So we are the uh, regional arm for our parent company. And what we do is we are really a learning organization, and uh, it's a little bit deceptive to some people, but we really are a learning organization, and I'll talk about that more if you want me to. But Mm -hmm. to make a long story short, what we do is we focus on software companies that have their own IP, and we acquire them, and we hold them forever. So, similar to what a VC would do, um, except for we never asset strip. We don't merge companies, we don't kill companies, and we don't sell companies. So, when we when we acquire them, we have them forever. So, we're playing a long game, which is much different than, than a lot of our competition uh, in the market. And so, we... Uh, then at our that are at, at Bella APAC we have different vertical markets and we have six five other vertical managers and what the vertical managers do is we're tasked with uh, building our portfolio so' we're, we're always focused on acquisitions uh, we also manage nurture mentor assist challenge all the CEOs and GMs of the companies that are within our um, own vertical. Mine is government, education, um, not-for-profit, and enterprise asset management. And that's quite a mouthful, so we just call it GENE, G-E-N-E. And so my vertical, obviously, we've got, I've got five companies, mm-hmm. and a majority of them are focused um, with government. So one of the companies, called Bay Technologies, uh, w- was actually the company. That's where we met, Yeah, that's you? where we met. <laughs> Um, so back in 2018 um, Constellation or Vela, uh, APAC they, they acquired us. And we're the Bay was a, a very focused government uh, supplier. We have two different software products and I won't get into it, but basically we work with a you know, Ministers, the DGS, of one of our products, it's a ministerial and executive correspondence management. The other product is a case, um, or a- actually an investigation management product, which is very popular with regulators. We found mm. that kind of is of a niche, and obviously working with government, um, we have to have pretty good security. Uh, many years ago, when I joined back in 2015, we we only had um, ISO 9001, and we've had it for quite some time. And I think as my first, one of my first real initiatives that I did within the company was to, to get us on the track for 27,001. Cool. I knew it was going to be important. We're hosting government uh, customers in the cloud. and So once we focused and said, yes, that's what we're going to go kick off, we also were started talking with our customers. Well, SOC 2, blah, blah, this, that. And then I said, look, SOC 2 is an accounting uh, regime and we really are an IT company. And so we want to focus on IT, so we went with CSA Star. And so that is, and then eventually we integrated our two ISO management systems to have an integrated management system and then the CSA Star. Now, CSA Star focuses specifically on a control set for um, assisting with securing customer data in the cloud. So, that is, you know, that's our wheelhouse, that's what we do, and because it's IT-focused, it was much, I thought it would be much easier for us to, to work through that. So we, we went down that journey and we got our, sort of, all of our certifications, and then now well, what's our responsibility? Drive risk out and to mature controls and processes and procedures. And through that journey, um, we, you know, got a pretty good reputation um, from our customers, and. They liked how we assisted migrating them from on-prem into the cloud, and we had a very uh, sophisticated Azure um, environment that we would put them in. And I think with the combination of some of the services that Azure uh, offer, um, as well as uh, what we were trying to accomplish from a security point of view, um, we then realized that it's not easy maturing your pro it's gonna cost you some money so where do you put your dollar mm-hmm. and so with the small most of the companies that we have in our portfolio or or smaller medium-sized companies we do have some very large companies and the problem with small and, and medium-sized companies is they oftentimes don't have the resources they don't have the skills they don't have the expertise to really empower uh, them or a team of people to feel like they actually know what they're doing in security i mean anybody can read google right mm-hmm. and anybody can call somebody and ask a question but i wanted to empower the people to feel comfortable at work so if something did happen then it wouldn't all be on their shoulders without proper training or education and so i looked around i started having a look and that's you know obviously we had approached dick Mann for for um, some pen testing and some other services and really enjoyed working with your team I thought we thought wow this is easy right finally somebody that can talk um, to my team and them understand it so we we hopped on board and um, you know it just grew from there i think part of that journey was also within our own company um, not a lot of people in my organization are very experienced or knowledgeable in security we're business guys you know we we go out and find acquisitions and, 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 and integrate those companies into our, um, our systems and then grow their companies. And so that's, that's why we call ourselves a learning company because that's what we constantly do. We learn. Yeah. And so I thought in that, in that learning philosophy, we should all do a better job of security. I mean, we did probably about six or seven acquisitions so far this year, probably a few more, to be honest with you. Um, it's hard for me to catch up now all the emails that come through, but one thing that we started talking about a couple of years ago was we don't understand the uh, the profile of our, of our companies from a security standpoint. And not only did we not understand it, most of the GMs or CEOs have really no regime. Mm-hmm. So they were creating policies because they had to to, to respond to a tender, uh, so it was very um, very transactional in their experience and they yeah. did something to cause an effect. So you know, that's that's a that can make you feel a little bit flat and you don't quite know what to do next. And rather than bring in a crack team of security experts and and really look at, you know, how much uh, money that would cost to bring in that expertise, especially down to HBU, it really was was something that w- we didn't understand. And so when we went down that road, we looked at bringing those people in and then we started our conversation. And for us to be able to go to a leader in security in Australia with proven track record, um, with all the experience that your team has, it was a no brainer for me that if it was economically viable, that was the way I wanted to go because Mm -hmm. I didn't have to make all the mistakes that a lot of people are making in the market today and that costs money when you make mistakes Mm -hmm. and you know one of our philosophies inside of Constellation is buy versus build why build something when you can buy it and then then have it straight away and use it and that's the same philosophy we used with with, uh, our approach to security why create something from scratch when we can attach ourselves to a company that is leading the the way in Australia and latch on and use your services because then everybody's uh, maturity has already you know, multiplied uh, as far as their understanding, because now we can talk to your team in a business conversation, and you're translating it from a security or a technical, and and it helps my uh, CEOs and, and the and the business unit leaders understand what they need to do better. So that was a that was something that w- was very attractive for us initially.
0: Yeah. So so there's one thing which I find quite unique about you yourself, right? There are. Execs who I've seen who say I won't do a certain thing without unless I'm given the mandate of the title to do it, right? So I want to you to share your journey Today you title titled CISO and vertical manager for Vaila Group, which is great But before you had the title you you I know that you I knew you were playing the role So can you can you share insight on how you started that journey? how and obviously, you you were asked to take on that role mm. because of the leadership you showed, even without the title. So that's really inspiring, and I want that message to go to our network because there are a lot of you know people in security who want to get to that CISO level, but you know aren't able to get there. So it's like kind of you know sharing with the future generation without you don't need a title to be a leader kind of yeah. story. Yeah, yeah, please.
1: Well, you know. Leadership, something you earn, it's not something you, you demand and, and so I was I was doing what I felt was the most responsible thing which was trying to educate and learn and, and I was trying to impart that knowledge on my team. So my CEO Ian Whiting, uh, I sat down with Ian a couple of years ago and I said, Ian I think it's a great idea, you know Bay's, Bay is obviously leading the charge, we have some other businesses that are also security focused but only a few. And I think Bay's really leading the charge in what we're doing and how quickly we're maturing our system. We have a nice rhythm and we'd like to share that with the rest of the team. And so what we did is I took my security manager um, and we created an internal audit which mapped that to the framework of ISO 27001 and, and also 9001. And we basically went through a series of questions with the business leaders, with their security or security teams that had it, or their IT staff. And what we uncovered was that there's a lot of risk there. Mm-hmm. And an internal audit is great, um, but also wanted to validate that. And that's something that you, know, you talk about a lot with your validation, right? So that's, and, and, and one thing that I will say initially is I never really, in my mind had put together that I needed, somebody needed to do it and another team needed to check it because I believe I've come up through IT and and, and I, was, I had my own IT consultancy and oftentimes I would be doing and checking. And it doesn't work because if either one fall down then you're gonna miss it. I'm a journalism, a PR major by trade and you never edit your own work and it's the same philosophy and I, I connected with that. So by having you and your team come in and do a quick 90-minute um, you know, uh, assessment, security assessment of the controls and the maturity of those controls within those organizations, then we had an external uh, set of data and an internal set of data. And we were able to map that. And that's a place to start. And I think, for me, uh, there's a term that I talk about with my other leaders in, in the organizations that I manage, and with the broader group as well, it's it's okay to be consciously incompetent, yeah. but you have to be willing to to make that brave step. And who in the world these days is an expert? The world's not really an expert place. It's a, everybody does a little bit of everything, and especially in smaller and medium sized companies. The, the the old days of the IBM monolithic organization with seventy four experts that do one thing is is really not. Traditionally, what we're going to see in today's um, market. So, by having uh, those in metrics, we're able to see that we're not doing as well as we thought we were or felt like we were. And, and so, some of
0: these companies have been around for 15, 20, oh, 30 years? 40 years, years yeah. Right. So, so yeah. these are
1: long, long standing companies. Many of them are market leaders in their, in their verticals. Um, And so, you know, part of being a leader in your vertical is doing things that others aren't doing and showing the way. And so, again, that's learning, that's our leadership organization kicking in. And Ian said, you're right, you know, this is not what I thought and I need to, now that we understand it, now we need to go out and how are we going to create a baseline for these companies that we feel is an acceptable level of risk? And -hmm. the conversation started with Ian with, You know and I think for the next year or 18 months I'm going to go away and I'm going to uh, cost these things I'm going to look at these things we're going to build a plan but what we're trying to achieve our goal is that as a group if we went to an insurer and got cyber security as a group uh, the likelihood of any claims currently being paid out are close to zero except for a few companies that have you know, the policies and procedures and, and the controls in place and actually looking at them and, and auditing and finding root causes and all the great things that you get out of ISO. And so, um, you know, that, that in itself um, was important because if you're going to go out and spend the money, anybody will sell your cyber insurance. But what they don't tell you is you need to have an ISMS, you need to be able to audit, you need to be able to, and many companies don't do that, even the self-certified ones. We have some self-certifications, and and I believe they're on the right path, but it's very hard if you've never done a management system or a uh, security-based implementation in your organization to understand what you don't know.
0: Or at least a framework. Exactly, a framework. framework. If not a standard Mm -hmm. or a control, uh, control-based standard like NIST 800 or PCI or So you can at least take a framework mm-hmm. like NIST Cybersecurity Framework and implement that as a baseline at least. And I'm saying, at one point, about two three years ago, there were over 25 cyber insurance providers. I think there are about six left in the market today, and many have shut down that business, saying it's too expensive, too many claims. Mm-hmm. They don't understand. You're right. So, there are only very specialist cyber company, insurance companies and I'm seeing many clients are not getting the required level of cover or their premiums are exorbitantly high mm. and it's becoming extremely difficult for getting insurance, right? And there's a misconception in the market that insurance is kind of a cybersecurity control. <laughs> it's correct. And I'm like, it's not a control. It's yeah. it's it's protecting your capital. Well, it's
1: a control because that's what your customers require to have. When you enter a contract, they want to see your cyber insurance policy because they want to feel comfortable that if something happens that there's going to be somebody there to help and and there's going to be some money there to help mediate whatever happened, remediate rather. And so that's not the case. And so the people that ask for cyber insurance without the other bits and pieces that would demonstrate a, a security framework in place, well, they're missing the boat. And that's the thing that I wanted to try and bridge the gap. So if we do have a, you know, and, and take Chubb, for instance, one of the biggest insurers in cyberspace uh, or in cyber in Australia. We had we had a policy with Chubb, and then a couple of years ago, they quit offering a cyber only and went to including it with PI. Well, guess what? We have a PI global. We have PI regionally. We have PI insurance. We have a lot of it, and it's from one company. And now, all of a sudden, we have two. The last thing you want is to, insurance companies, arguing over components, uh, your your PI, that's you to pay, no, 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 and so we want to get rid of that. And the only way to truly get that is to find a mature um, provider in the market and then be able to uh, ensure that all of our organizations have a baseline security framework or posture in place so that if we were uh, unfortunately attacked and there was a claim they would be paid that's that's a cause and effect the other part of my heart that i knew is cyber is not going to stop and it's only getting greater and we saw that during covid and we see that now a lot lot of state actors and there's no company in australia that really can protect themselves from state actors if that's what they want to try and do i mean they've got endless resources and so that's a scary thing and uh, so, you know, for us, it was also that posture. And, 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 and ironically, right as we finished that conversation, head office sent through to every, every, all 600 plus 700 companies, a uh, CSR questionnaire about security. Mm-hmm. And we filled it out. And again, that was another wake up call that we probably need to do, to do some things better. But I guess for, for me, it's really about that You know you use the analogy with uh, a building a house a lot and I hear you talk to the other uh, you know CEOs that in the group when they have questions and it's a really good analogy we didn't have anything on the front door and you know so by bundling some services that you offer intrusion protection vulnerability scanning um, having the sock there having the seam, those are the components that we felt would definitely put a nice big iron front door on our house that we're building, our security house. And if you don't have a good uh, protection from people coming inside, then don't be surprised what you find at the work site the next day, right? So that, that's our focus now, is to, to integrate our, uh, your team into ours. Uh, we've already gone through the process of looking at each one of the organizations, their needs, and, and Stickman uh, provided a range of services, uh, the same ones off your website, and we went through and talked to the different BUs as we gave them feedback on their internal audits um, and really said, what is it, what's your journey? What do you guys need over the next couple of years? Some of them need help with getting some certifications. Some of them need help with creating policies and procedures. Some of them need help with uh, other security uh, components that you offer. But what we decided recently was that yes, it was much more affordable to you know come and, 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 and then partner with you and, and allow Stickman who uh, knows what they're doing to integrate with us and then leverage that forward. Now, obviously we're about to kick off some implementations and I feel much better about the future of our security future because now we're going to have very uh, clear services that we provide, we can communicate those to our customers, they can fold into Tinder. So really it's the old paradigm in the 90s, IT is a cost or is it an investment? And we really knew that the mature people in the market saw it as an investment. You had to invest in IT if you wanted to take your company to the next level. And here we are again in 2022, and we're talking about security the same way. (laughs) It isn't a cost. It's a cost if you don't have it. The likelihood of you getting a router that doesn't have the latest firmware. Uh, if you don't have staff that that understand the complexity of that or constantly checking, then you're going to be on the list. They're going to ping you and they're going to come knocking, and there's not much you can do about it. And then if you don't know they're inside, they'll sit there for as long as they can and figure out how many customers they can leverage for a for a vendor in government space or a market leader in any vertical market. Yep. That's yep. a scary. That's a scary thought. So we need to be responsible members of the community, our businesses, our leaders, and we need to show that leadership. And now I feel like we're on the right track to providing that.
0: That's beautifully said because, you know, there's this misconception of, oh, it's an additional line item as a cost, but thinking of it as an investment to one, protect for the future and also use that investment to grow your business.
1: Absolutely. A lot
0: of software companies especially don't see that, like I have, like in your group itself we have few companies who use that as a marketing tool to say we are different from the competition, we have Mm -hmm. this level of security, not just certification but we also do all of these other security elements to demonstrate ourselves as, as, as a differentiator and that that cost versus investment technology what you used was very powerful. John, there was one thing you touched upon which is communication, internal communication. I see a lot of CISOs uh, struggle with, with, I I don't want to use the word selling but, but uh, uh, evangelizing security internally, right? Mm -hmm. And that is something you've overcome, you know, over the last two years. You and I have seen that process of extracting yeah, <laughs> yeah. many CEOs and general managers. So can you touch upon that whole internal communication and what's the you know, top three strategies, right?
1: Well, I think internally, you know, w- with a very low bar of, of, of experience or, or even expertise and security ac- across the board on average, the conversations started and the typical security questions where reveal them they reveal themselves that they really don't understand about security security isn't a isn't an intangible weird cloud it's it's something that's very structured um, but you have to understand what security means security doesn't mean that you have a lock on your car security means that you have the system that integrates with your car and is able to find uh, problems in the car and let you know about it. it's proactive um, but many people think of it as a reactive thing, is mm. if something happens, oh, we'll lock it down. Or, you know, if, if we have a good router, we're clear, right? And they don't understand that patching and, and, and social, the social part of it, I mean, that's the number one way that, you know, people uh, or actors get inside your organizations through social engineering. So education, again, a learning company, we've got to go on a journey and we've got to teach our teams what to look for and what not to do, and uh, don't pick up a USB. And a, no, no USBs ever come in the organization and get stuck in a computer or you know whatever it may be. It's a simple step, that simple process of where are you and where do you want to go? That gap analysis that we're, we're you know you're holding our hand with, and in many of the organizations, it's important, and f- to have people able to translate that to business terms and and then action a plan is the way forward and all we needed to do is is help them understand that we're not there to be an expense it's an investment and that's the conversation that we have it's the same value conversation you have around price what value does it bring to your organization Uh, if you don't have it then what do you miss out on so you know with the recent cyber attacks it only solidified the great decision that Ian made to move forward with this because now the government's talking about 30, 40, 50 million dollar funds, for, and we're the eighth most valuable software company in the world, so we definitely have to worry about uh, that um, from a risk point of view, uh, an investment point of view, and so that's probably hooks in a bit with, with insurance. But from a communication point of view, we really, it's top down, Anne supported me, I was doing something, I didn't ask anybody for much help, I just asked him to participate and we always have each other's back because we're a close family, all our VEs work together and share. And so I think just slowly, methodically, business terms and, and talking about the investment. What is the risk to your business if you do get attacked? Is it reputational? Your product, we've had attacks inside of our group.
0: You yeah, transparency, right? You know, it it may sound like a word Mm. in a dictionary, but I think that level of transparency, what you've brought across the group, across all of you has been really refreshing, right? Mm. Rather than, you know, hiding, I've seen some organizations hide information, don't tell the whole story, don't give too much information, Mm. but you've always been an open book Mm. when it comes to security and educating in making them aware of their risk and, you know, mm. guiding them through the process, like teaching and, and educating. I think that's the most
1: powerful Well, the philosophy that I used to have is very much what you just described. We need to keep it close to our chest. We don't need to let people know what we're doing. If we get attacked, we shouldn't tell anybody as, as long as we weren't, you know, um, as long as somebody didn't make it in the door, right? And so we, as Bay, as, as we matured and, and we went on our journey, we joined the ACSC. And that opened my eyes. I went and read and I looked at the contract and you know, we, we, you, there's quite a bit of investment of time and effort that you have to put in to, get, to be a part of a group like that. And the whole philosophy of that group is sharing. And, and it's the, you know, the largest leaders, the government, the, 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 the people that you want to make sure and that are in the room and you're having conversations and not talking too much because you can listen and learn a lot. And so that sharing and that philosophy, it, it, it is parallel with what we do as a learning organization. And so I flip very quickly to be more about, you know, we have to share, we have to be transparent because if we share, then we get better information from others, and we also uh, then can never have to remember anything because we're just being honest and telling the truth. And that, what I, you know, that's a very uh, to me as a businessman. That's, you know, part part of what I want to be and part of what a lot of people that I do business uh, with or my peers need is to make sure our integrity is in place so we're doing the right thing uh, by our customers, by our uh, shareholders by our um, employees and if we don't do the right thing then that can lead to a lot of uh, you know damage for any of any three of those components and those are the reasons we're in business so if we don't protect those three then what are we really doing and if once you know something you can't unknow it. Okay. So now that it's out in this, and now that we understand we've gone through the process to identify and see the data, we're not doing a good enough job, and so we had to improve, and we're on that path now. We're, we're, we're truly ramping up, and I can see the conversations happening when we meet as a group, when we have uh, business leaders or departmental managers that do you know, forums uh, where all the groups send people and have discussions. Security's starting to creep in because, People see the leadership that Ian's showing. Uh, he's making some decisions. And he's also taken away a, you know, a decision out of a CEO or a, or a general manager's hand. This is not a question of, now, do you have the OPEX? Uh, you know, we're going to increase your OPEX. It's not a question for them whether they want to do it. It's, this is going to happen. And if you need other services, that's great. You can, you can make that decision your own. Because we're not a, we're, we're all about, um, Learning, but we're also about having some autonomy. So
0: it's it's mm-hmm. also that thing of you know whether it's optional or mandatory, right? There are certain things some mandatory. You can't not have an accounting software, an software mm-hmm. and a payroll software and run You can, but you know, <laughs> not having it is like you how how much amount of time are you going to waste trying right, to do that particular task? So you have with businesses growing, and more importantly, I think your and Ian's leadership comes to. I'm seeing the top down effect of larger companies asking all their third-party, fourth-party providers to, to show security and due diligence and certification. And most of your companies which Vela Group globally and locally owns are servicing some large, you know, huge, yeah. huge organizations, right? And at some point in time, that will trickle down and all of them have to have some level of certification and, and, and and compliance and, and security of all types, right? Because everybody's trying to mitigate the risk across their supply chain, right? Mm-hmm. And it's going to come here. And I think the timing couldn't be better, right? In in terms of your appointment uh, I see so at the group level and also mm-hmm. the initiatives which you're putting together. So John, uh, you know, if you don't mind spending a few minutes sharing your experience uh, in a company like a partner like and Cyber, and what did you expect? Uh, what were you looking for? And how the journey was for you,
1: please? Well, I think initially when we uh, approached you guys, we we had put out a tender to do some um, penetration testing for one of our government customers, and I had looked to bring in a few vendors and use them in in. In different years so that we got kind of across uh, you know each year wasn't the same and 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 we weren't talking to the same people about the same things Uh, what i realized though is we did that for a couple years and i realized it's so hard sometimes to work with vendors that that really are robotic about security and they don't have that business acumen they can't uh, talk to us in business terms i think that really turns a lot of people off from trying to engage people because now i have to have a security team uh, with batteries in them to sit in a room and talk to to talk to these guys because they don't want to speak in business terms and it makes it difficult and many of the people that we work with in local government or state government or federal government they're in roles they're not security experts there's a security guy that comes in when he needs to and he knows what he's talking about and he's making sure that that the people under him are ticking some boxes but it's a tick box journey until we get to that guy you know and so we didn't want it to be like that with our providers we wanted somebody that came in and isn't ticking boxes and to have a conversation with us and we felt like when we work with you guys that that's what we got and so I, I said to my team I said you know I really enjoyed working with Ajay and his team let's do them again next year and now next year and so you know, any time
0: Changes to our model where we Absolutely. would rotate mm-hmm. testers at our end, not put the same person. Mm-hmm. So you're still getting a variety. It's the same company, but different testers are using different methodologies each year. But improving the methodology to give you that flavor of that difference,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah, I and mean, once we started providing uh, that information to our customers, um, they really appreciated that. We were one of the few, many times if I had a dollar, right? the times that I've heard well you guys really do a good job and we really appreciate the, the it's so hard to get other vendors to, to get to the level you're at and we, we basically started there because we didn't try and do it ourselves we came and got an expert to do it and so feedback, feedback like that is something that you need to take into consideration when you're making business decisions why go make it hard when you've already got something that's, that's working well and because you guys have worked with government department agencies that are big in a town for many, many years, you already knew how to engage them and work with them, and it wasn't a, a big problem. So that's the thing. There's so many small cybersecurity local shops, and they're good at two things. But you can't be just good at two things. you got to be good at everything. And so that's what we looked for, and we found it. You know Why go keep looking, right? So we, we, we certainly appreciated that, and that was probably the main reason why we, you know, started our journey together.
0: Perfect, perfect. And where do you see, you know, for the group level, what's your vision now, right? I know you touched upon it, you know, but working with sick men, what what is that vision you're creating now to take this, you know, at a much larger level, right, from the one company to we have done few now?
1: Well, you know, security is not one thing. Um, in parallel with onboarding and bringing you guys in to supply those services, critical security services, we're also engaging another vendor in the market who supplies a, I guess you'd call it a, an ISO management um, it's nice. software, Kudos 3. And QDOS lets us centralize all our policies and procedures and it's built to work with ISO toolkits that are available. It's got all the components of all of the different frameworks and it's flexible enough to work with other frameworks that aren't ISO. It doesn't matter what framework it is, it just, you have to be able to map the, the parts of the framework back to whatever you're doing. And that's a very powerful tool. So we can take a company that's showing leadership like Bay or Figtree, uh, and we can take their policies and, and procedures, and we can make it available across the group. And is that cheating? No, it's just not starting from scratch. So basically it's we've we've kind of done now that we've done the analysis and, and we kind of figure out where we need to be before we do an official gap I thought it was a good idea to bring in uh, you know a tool like QDOS 3 that we could put all into our policies and procedures turn it into a put ours then up at the hierarchy at the uh, Asia-Pacific level and then push those policies down to each organization. Now, do they all going to do integrated management, 9001, 27001 and CSA start? No, but the elements of of, uh, an ISMS and having some, you know, user access policies and clean desk policies and secure development policies and blah, blah, those are all components that you're going to need to make sure over here when you have insurance, that you're doing what you need to do to ensure you're coverable. And so those are also in parallel what we're working, at, working on now is bringing all those policies and procedures, making them available to everybody. Some of them are coming to you for expertise advice, a real gap analysis, fine tune it, and to make sure they're on the right path. Again, saving money, not making mistakes. Others that aren't ready for that journey, well, we're, you know, forcing them, I guess is the best word. To start thinking about this stuff. And okay, so you don't have a policy, well, now you do. And you can take Bayes and you're not gonna copy it, you're just gonna change it and you're gonna put what you do now. And the next step is to make that better. And the next step is to make that better. And the next step is to make that better. And then we go back and look at it and see if we're doing what we say we're gonna do. And, you know, uh, that's when we
0: come into the picture and we virtual security officer helping those individual divisions as they need Mm -hmm. help and support. So in that strategy, what we are working with you is putting the 24 by 7 monitoring and surveillance in place, doing the vulnerability management, the annual assessment, the penetration testing, the policy procedures, and all, all ongoing improvement and guidance and advice. And the Cybersecurity Office. And the, the Cybersecurity yes. Office. So that's where they get a holistic. They're, they're able to get a complete cyber department plugged into their business without, You know, building one, right? You know, literally, it's a plug-and-play arrangement. What we're
1: creating. Well, that's that's a big part of our business, and here's one that we haven't talked about: um, M and A. So, M and A is a process that you go through, and you know, you eventually, if you if you shake hands on evaluation, then you go into DD, and we have a very very uh, uh, process oriented um, approach to. Uh, to DD and one thing that we realize now is okay well we acquire a lot of companies and we're acquiring a lot of companies that have zero or minimal security uh, maturity so now we need to be able to at the beginning integrate with you and and let you evaluate and, and do some DD reporting on the you know level of security they're at now and then we can compare that against our baseline they're above great they're below mmm so we're going to have to make an investment there to get them up to this level and so that needs to be considered in valuation and price and how we how we do things and if a company is in a vertical market and let's say they're PCI self-certified we need to validate that because we can't just swallow that we can't take people's word for it because they might not even understand what they're saying so we're just taking the, the, the chance of making a huge mistake away by again due diligence and that's what due diligence is right so now we've got a now we've got to, you know look at how we acquire companies differently we have to add a, a few extra days a few extra steps in there to make sure when we come out that we either have a plan of how we're going to get them up to there fa- fairly quick or we're already at that level great now how do we continue that trajectory because many times and i've seen a lot I'll go out and have a beer with so-and-so or so-and-so and they're on the security. Well, what have you guys been doing lately? Well, we got certified. We're cool. Right. We do our audits two weeks before the auditor comes and no problem. Right. And so that's what I want to avoid. And so we're, we're showing the leadership um, and we're backing the people and we're not putting them in a situation where if something happens they don't know what to do because then that's even worse they don't know how to respond to their customers they don't know how to you know if we do have an intrusion you guys take over we don't have to have experts there we can communicate better with our insurers with our legal team with our customers and so that to me is worth its weight in gold because if something bad happens then you want to you, don't, you want the ambulance to come and you don't want to have to be a doctor. And so, you know, by not having that, then you're expecting your whole team to be security experts. And it's just a bad situation. And that's how you lose people.
0: Right. Hmm. Well, John, thank you. Thank you so much. That was such a insightful and deep conversation. I'm sure our audience is going to love it. Any last words, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, three best practices or, you know, three things you should think about before you start your journey. Well,
1: I think, uh, for me, it's feel empowered to be consciously incompetent. And, and you don't need to be an expert in everything, nor do you need to look like you are, nor, nor do you need to tell everybody how good you are at something. There are going to be weaknesses that you have in your skills or your team skills and a good, a good CISO, a good manager, a good leader understands those strengths and weaknesses and is willing to own up to it and do something about it. So get over yourself is the first one, right? And reach out and validate and talk to people. If it's you, if it's not you, then somebody else. But you need to go through that, that initial journey just to validate what you feel. Uh, The second one is don't be scared to be honest with your customers. We we are not certified. We are looking to do. it, We haven't made a decision. Don't people tell people you're headed in a direction, and then don't show up. It's the same thing in software company as telling people your next build's coming out and it's vaporware because you're going to be a year later than that, right? Because you know security now. If I could, uh, if I had a dollar for all the companies that have rung up because of the news. Every time this splashes in the news, Meta Bank or or what is it? Um, optus i mean i stood in line to get my license right so i mean those are not reasons why you then do something and people need to remember that if you don't start today then know when you're going to start because if you keep on kicking the can down the road eventually you're going to kick it under a bus so that's it for me <laughs>
0: wonderful
1: okay, thank thanks, you thanks so much, much i appreciate it, appreciate it. thank you
0: mm.